0: What's up, Isla del Sur Pueblo, and everybody else listening to The Daily Corn Mill on KUEH KUE 101.5 FM. I am Chris Gomez, and I'm coming to you from the Paquetu Village. Today, I have a special episode of the Daily Corn Mill. I'm joined by four distinguished guests. November is Indigenous Peoples Month, so happy Indigenous Peoples Month to all my Native American people out there, um, especially those from the Pueblo of Isleta del Sur. Big shout out there. And in honor of Indigenous Peoples Month, we've got people from the Isleta del Sur Pueblo Impact Program here joining me in studio. I'll start with Brenda, Brenda Gutierrez. How are you doing, Brenda? Hey, Chris. Good, and yourself? Yeah, and uh, tell us what your job title is and what you do.
1: So I am the one of three academic success advisors for the Department of Tribal Empowerment Impact Program. We assist high school students and higher education students looking into applying for the higher education scholarship and continuing their education.
0: Yeah, and she's not only a counselor, but she's also a participant and a recent graduate from the University of Arizona State, or Arizona State University, go Sun Devils? Yes. Yeah. woo um, <laughs> <and laughs> We've got, um, sitting to her left, uh, I mean, well, her right, my left, it will be Miss Stephanie Boss, uh, uh, just graduated from UTEP. How are you doing, Stephanie?
2: I'm good, Chris. Thank you. How are you?
0: I'm doing wonderful. Thanks Great. for asking. So tell us about what you do there.
2: So along with Brenda, I am also an academic success advisor. My role is mainly with alternative high schools, so I help any Pueblo members interested in obtaining their GED or high school diploma.
0: Okay, great. And uh, to Stephanie's, right, we've got Sadai. How are you doing Sadai? Did I say your name right?
3: Yes, you did. <laughs>
0: okay. And, and t- say your last name because like I'm gonna butcher it and I, I don't do Spanish accents really well.
3: Uh, it's Argumedo. 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 I can't roll R's for the life of me there.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, And people are, like the Spanish teacher was always, do the vroom, like a car. I'm like, vroom. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have um two, so that is right, uh, Katharina Arteaga. Yes. Yeah, and I didn't roll the R in your name, Katharina, okay. so... Yeah. Sometimes
4: and I do, sometimes I don't. You're,
0: you're also a recent college graduate, right?
4: Um, about a year ago, I graduated year from ago. UTEP. Yeah, that's yes. pretty
0: recent. Mm-hmm. That's in the, the recent recent past. Yes. Not the ancient past, the re- recent past. Uh-huh. It's starting okay. to be the ancient past. Is it? Is it? <laughs> yeah, so what, what do you do at, over at Impact?
4: I'm also an academic success advisor along with Brenda and Stephanie. And we work with our higher ed students, as Brenda mentioned, but we also work with high school students and prepare them for college readiness or we promote college readiness for those students
0: okay great so um they do a lot of higher ed work so um given that 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 higher ed work that they did these uh ladies are coming off of being panelists for the el paso community college during indigenous people's month they put together a series of discussions that that happened at el paso community college and we're going to be um kind of recapping that talking about what that experience was like um how well attended those were just um, different things and what went into the planning and that so uh first off question for any of you ladies uh this is our second time on the podcast also. So, you know, shout out to the returning guests.
1: Woo-hoo.
0: Yeah, they were brave enough to um, come and do another episode. So um, how did this project um, come to fruition?
2: So Sarai is like our, our main supporter. Um, Sarai reached out to us probably like around September. And September. August, and basically was like, hey, guys, I have a contact with El Paso, City, El Paso Community College. Like, we should um, have a meeting to see what we can do. And I believe the contact was somebody from Diversity and Inclusion.
4: She, the director. Yes,
2: it was a director. So Sarai arranged this meeting, and we basically talked about what we could do to promote indigenous peoples on their campus. Because we do know that there are indigenous peoples who attend the um, the community college. And from there, we just planned um, Indigenous Peoples Month after long discussions and meetings, and that's how it came to be. I don't know if Sarai wants to add more to it, since she was kind of the pioneer for it.
0: Yeah, don't be shy, Sarai. So Put up her to on the, the spot.
3: <laughs> 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 well, first of all, um, thank you, Chris, and um, allow me to recognize uh, my people. Tlanesi, Temini, Nenotoka, Sarai Argomedo. Um, I truly appreciate this opportunity and it's been um, such an honor working with uh, these young women. They were already pumped. (laughs) (laughs) All we had to do was kind of organize ourselves and uh, reach out to the right people and with the support of uh, the department, um, Mary Sue and Anna, you know, it was was a go. So um, that was it. I think, um, you know, just from conversations that we've had in the office, just talking about indigeneity and that lack of representation of our people and, um, in, in El Paso, um, you know, and just just having those those conversations and dialogue, it kind of created, it emerged into an entire month. I mean, mm-hmm. it was supposed to be a day,
4: <laughs> you know? <laughs> it was from a day to a week and then to a month. Yeah,
3: so it was. So h- like,
0: how many panel discussions did you guys um, take part in o- overall?
4: In total, we had five.
0: Five, okay. So ba- basically once a week for the entire in- it started at the end of October, right? And yes, we had o-
1: one in October.
0: Spilled over into November.
1: Mm-hmm. It started the week. Actually, it started the week of People Indigenous Day,
0: which was uh, which was
1: October fourteenth, I believe. It Pueblo landed this Reunion year. Pueblo Reunion Day for Pueblo for, for our tribe. For Yeah, and so um, we kicked it off that day or that week, and then we moved on unto into November and we had the big celebration. As it was called at APCC on November twentieth. Yeah,
2: which which was the Mexican Revolution or the date of it. So our purpose of it was starting it on October fourteenth for Indigenous Peoples Day, but then ending it on Mexican Revolution or the date of Mexican Revolution, just to show you know Indigenous people stand together no matter the what the, side the of geographic the area they're, they're coming
0: yeah. from. Yeah, yeah, that, that's great there, and and I mean. Um, uh, we'll go ahead and say Christopher Columbus's name here, and and because oh. I think what, what let's what,
2: say Chris no, Gomez. No, no, no.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's ironic, <laughs> right, that I have that yeah. that first name. Yeah, but I, I think my mom named me after a saint, nada. Oh. Yeah, yeah, not a, a, a um. Geno- uh,
2: murderous yeah,
0: murderous, <laughs> genocidal. Uh, maniac (laughs) yeah yeah with bloodlust and everything but um i i I just think like like it's amazing what's happened over the last let's say 20 years or so or so with um just the the reconquest that native people have gone through for Mm. um just being recognized on that day and and um you know standing up for you know the and you'll never right the wrongs you can never go back there Mm. but just raising awareness and you young ladies were all you know um a part of that here because in el paso we have our own um kind of um history behind that with an onyate statue that still stands at the oh, airport yes. and Awful. um you know um just just this um i guess glorification of, of um people that that were um just genocidal maniacs in in, mm-hmm. in the southwest and just uh, across uh, it, it went over the colonization of people just oh. all, all over um this nation this continent i should say you know it wasn't limited as a nation it's just really awkward how um Spanish, be- uh, Mexico speaks a European language, you yes. know, what I mean, mm-hmm. English is the language, you know, that, mm-hmm. that, that's spoken here in America and then French and Canada. Mm-hmm. And you could see that European just influence yeah. all throughout there. And, and I, I mean, they, they were the victors and that conquest and that, but native people like we're still here today, yeah. you know, and, and indigenous peoples month is a celebration of that resiliency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I know there were other panelists involved in this, right? So who else did you guys recruit to take part in um, these discussions?
1: So um, we, re- we tried to recruit uh, someone from our Pueblo, um, someone from Tribal Empowerment, and also somebody from the other indigenous cultures within the El Paso area. So for the first panel, which was Walking Into Worlds, um, we recruited my brother, Sam Gutierrez, and then Kayla...
3: My, Myers.
1: Myers, Myers, or Myers. Kayla Myers, she's at NMSU. And then also Stephanie Pass.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. So um, the first one took place on Indigenous Peoples Day. Yeah. Okay, what was that experience like?
2: Um, well, I think just to have a panel discussion that focused on Indigenous peoples on that day was very empowering. Um, when we look at higher education institutions that are not ASU, because Arizona State does a really great job at promoting Indigenous Peoples Day and um, Native American Heritage Month, it was a different experience for, I would say, all of us, especially me having sat on the panel, to ask something at the university level that promoted Indigenous Peoples and just had a conversation with them.
3: And you know, um, if I can add, uh, Chris, it was crazy because they put us at the very end of the of Um, I guess the campus almost hidden, you know, um, by the library. And uh, and we still had a lot of people show up at first. We panicked. We were like, oh, man, five people in the audience. Yes. We're like, oh, no, no. But we're going to make the best out of it, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, just talking amongst ourselves, like motivating each other, like we got this. You know, it's okay if nobody shows up, we're still going to make it good. And then all of a sudden we turn around and we look at the audience and it's almost full, you know, like there was yeah. a lot of people there and it was such a good turnout. Mm-hmm. You com- I mean, compared to the, the space that we were in and we weren't getting a lot of traffic, there was a lot of people there.
4: Yeah. yeah, I think it was really eye-opening because we had our expectations. I mean, we had our expectations, but they weren't very high. And I think that made the turnout even – that that much more meaningful Mm
0: -hmm. yeah absolutely so um walk me through the semantics of like what one of those sessions was like did it start just um with q a was there some kind of presentation that you guys put together first Uh, how did it work
2: so we started off with the blessing as usual in our pueblo we know that everything starts off with the blessing whether that's a meeting before you're going to eat so councilman gomez um started off with the with the prayer and then said i was awesome enough to also give her blessing um, in her in her culture. So we had already prepared questions for the panelists. Mm-hmm. One of us who wasn't on the panel was the moderator. So for that one, Katharina was a moderator, asked questions and then of course, to our surprise too, we had a lot of people ask questions afterwards.
0: Yeah, what kind of questions do like people ask? Is it students or more like, like professors or a little the bit industry? combination It's a of mix of both. Yeah. Yeah. I know
4: for that particular um, panel, One of the, I think she was a professor there, and she asked what can the university do to promote more awareness Mm -hmm. um, and just promote more inclusivity as well.
0: Yeah, what was the answer for that? (laughs) I'd like to know.
4: Having more panels, um, having more events that included different cultures, different backgrounds, um, and also just being more open-minded when you're working with different people
3: yeah it was proposed I'm sorry it was also proposed by um, Sam uh, Brenda's brother to open up a space within the universities or um, the institutions for their people you know Um, you all um, a lot of your students a a high number and the girls are better at um, knowing these numbers or these population but a lot of the students do attend EPCC Mm -hmm. and UTEP you know so there's a lot of money being invested for your kids or pueblo kids within the institutions, and why isn't that the institutions now have given something to Isleta del Sur back, like a space like that?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and um, so that that's faculty a- answering, asking those questions. What does the student body want to know? Just wh- when they come up and uh, ask, like, are the questions real generic or are they you know just more cultural? Is you know?
1: I think um, with the student body it was difficult to ask, for them to ask questions. I think they were there more to learn Mm -hmm. as far as like grasping every idea that we had to offer or um, everything we mentioned in the panel. But as far as questions, um, of course they're also young and they're probably shy or embarrassed to ask questions. But you could see the interest in the students when they were in the audience. You could see the interest
0: yeah, that, that that's good. And did you did you come across like maybe any other native students that were in the audience, mm-hmm. that you know maybe they they attended the discussion and that that was just something I, I I think maybe good for like if I was a student at a university and just a Native American on an island by myself and <laughs> <you> know, saw <laughs> saw uh, you know that that there's this discussion going on, I'd, I'd probably go and check mm-hmm. it out and then. You know, maybe if I didn't have the courage to go up to you at first, I'm sure people came up to you after, like, hey, by the way, I'm, um, you know, Tehoda Odom, or, you know, I'm from here. Or, or, did you get a lot of that?
4: I know we had quite a few of our students attend as well. So yeah. we'd, if we were the moderator, or the panelist, we'd look into the audience and we'd recognize some of our students. This is neat.
0: Yeah. No, and meet anybody else from any other tribe or nation?
2: So Sarai has an awesome network of friends who are also indigenous. And one of her friends, Claudia, attended, um, and she's from Peru. So it was interesting to, you know, um, although we might not be from the same region, there's still a lot of similarities when it comes to indigenous peoples and difficulties they faced or are currently facing. So that's somebody we had the opportunity to meet as an audience member, but also as a peer of um, somebody from our very own um, department, which is that I...
1: So during our first uh, panel who we had, Kayla Myers, she brought over Miss Native American NMSU. So she sat in into the panel and she, um, or sat in to hear that first panel. And she actually was one of our panelists for our, one of our last panels. She sat in with some, so that panel was youth, uh, indigenous youth voices. And we had Miss Native American NMSU, sit in that panel, um, 2019, 2020, Tigua Power Princess Emery Rodriguez, and 2018, 2019, Tigua Power Princess Anika Gutierrez. So uh, when we were asking the questions, Ms. NMSU was just kind of like, so me considering NMSU seeing it being in New Mexico and still being very populated by Pueblo or Native American people um, on the campus, she still sees the lack of, indigenous culture on the campus so it was very interesting to learn from her when she was on the panel stating that um, she's one of the very few in the business college to be Native American and be going through that whole program so it was just interesting to learn
0: yeah and I I remember I back when I was on tribal council I went to the groundbreaking for their Native American student center and I thought this that had to have been in maybe 2009 2010 yeah and um, you know I went back with my son later on um, this past year because he, he's transferring out there to New Mexico State and um, the people at the s- center were talking about how much their funding had been cut you know the, that they don't really do a lot for the native students, and like as much as they used to. Yeah. Just and and the centers just kind of there, but then they had to open the center to the general public, so it's really not not even their own oh, space man. anymore. Yeah. You know. So um, I mean, I mean, teach his own. It's good to open the center up to the general public because, you know, that, that that's the way you get them to learn. But I I just think. Um, Native people just kind of get um, lost in the regular population. And, and uh, when you're a minority within a minority um, population, I think that tends to happen. Cause I know like one of my complaints is just that um, being a UTEP student, they, they focus so much on Hispanics and mm-hmm. first generation students mm-hmm. and that that, you know, they kind of leave. All these other populations out, and oh, you've yeah. got—I don't know—not just um, the Native American uh, population, but you've got an African American um, population that oh, goes cool. to UTEP with their own story, and uh, you know you've got military people that come in, and, and you know they're their own demographic there. But um, you know their marketing campaign for that university has just been Hispanic. Hispanic you know, uh, um, that's what they market to. But I'm I'm looking at the ACS um, demographic and the housing estimates from the 2018 um, American Community Survey, right? i'm looking at el paso and right now total population eight hundred forty thousand, so close to a million people Mm -hmm. you know um and um it says three three thousand four hundred and forty seven um american indians in in that population so that makes up point four percent of the population here Mm -hmm. you know so very low our our tribe on its own we're just over four thousand in population but that's Mm -hmm. Uh, um, nationwide, you know, and Antigua's are everywhere. Believe me, I know yeah. that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah uh, we uh, get uh, the phone uh, calls. <laughs> yeah, I, I I met a tribal member working at Starbucks in Arizona wow. at an outlet mall, like, you know, that had just, <laughs> that, that, that yeah, awesome. that, you know, she saw a tattoo of a Kachina that I have on myself, and she's all like, uh, um you know, it, are are you Native American? Yeah, and, uh, um, you know, my answer is Yeah. And she goes, yeah, I just got recently got enrolled and this is when our blood quantum opened up with my tribe in Texas. You know what I mean? And I'm like... Oh I start laughing. Which I'm why? like, I know exactly what tribe that is. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know I took a picture with her and everything cause I mean, like chance encounter, you know, with mm-hmm. people. But yeah, yeah. And I, I used to travel everywhere washington, d c, and I'll run into the one Tiwa there like on on <laughs> uh, on the metro or you know wherever it is. and and, you know, it, it, it's it's just funny, like even with Tiwa speakers, um, you know, I'll, I'll sit down on a random table at a Native American conference. And where are you from, Taos or Picaris or, or, you know, Isleta. You know, you, you just kind of, I, I don't know if it's just the forces that gravitate you guys mm-hmm. together or what it, whatever it is there. But, um, yeah, 3,447 in a million people. So that tells me that about 2,000 of our population is local. Mm-hmm. So about mm-hmm. 1,500 probably, that's just rounded up, are, are just from other tribes out there. You know, and I mentioned Fort Bliss earlier, and you know they've got a lot of um, people that enter the service, so it, it makes you wonder like where they are and well, yeah, um, how they come out.
1: Mm. About a year or two ago, with so we try to make the connections with the high schools, the local high schools that our students go to. So our feeder schools are Isleta, Isleta High School, Del Valle High School, and Socorro High School. And with Del Valle, we saw an increase on Native American population going up. The only thing, of course, is confidentiality with the school districts and everything, mm-hmm. you can't pass over names unless we have procurement forms. Mm-hmm. And so from our students, so I, I think there's like a total of about 100 and something classified as Native American students, but from our students from Isleta de Su Pueblo, there is only about 40 students attending um, Del Valle. Mm-hmm. So they were wondering like, well, where are these other students that are being classified Native American? how are they classifying themselves and all that. So they're just asking us how they would be able to, uh, how they would be able to figure it out. But we were just, um, or like we we can provide information for our group, but other than that, there's like not much we can communicate as far as if we don't have names or we don't have their backgrounds either.
0: Yeah, yeah, most definitely. But they, they're out there. And I mean, I think like the tribe could benefit just from bringing them into mm-hmm. like the yeah. fold. I know um, for a long time, like our health center wasn't open to uh, um, other Native Americans. Yeah. And now it is. So, you know, you, you're, you're starting to see them out there more. I, I went to a graduation at El Dorado High School and there, w- there was um, another girl dressed in her regalia. So, and she wasn't from our tribe or mm-hmm. on the artist or anything. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, that was nice. And turned out she was Navajo. You know, so uh, um, yeah, um, they're out there. Like, um, my um, grandparents' caretaker is a Navajo, also. So oh, you know, oh the, that's the awesome. one that yeah. that w- oh watches it. Yeah, all uh, my family jokes around. We applied Indian preference <laughs> in the hiring <laughs> of the <laughs> the caretaker there. So yeah, um, yeah, but um, you know, it's it's nice to see because uh, you know, 3,400 in the population uh, of a million there, and you've got like so many that are going to college and everything. You're gonna be a minority there, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. So it's highly unlikely that the administration is going to go out looking for a specific minority group. So it kind of becomes up to the students at that point to, you know, take charge and form their own organizations and, Mm. you know, um, um, make their voices heard. And um, the problem with student-led organizations is you might have this dynamic student. And once he or she is gone, like, you know, like, like, you know, um, we're actually
1: encountering that right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like. You know, you guys are just coming out of UTEP and your respective universities there. Like, once you're gone, yeah. that voice for Native American people kind of goes with it. So how do you get the, the um, I guess, upperclassmen to bring in that new freshman into the fold? What are you guys kind of trying to do to get that going?
1: So I know, and Stephanie, you can um, elaborate more on it, but I know we've been working with, or we tried working with Arise um, from UTEP. And so one thing that has their their president for the organization has changed and trying to communicate with the new president was a little difficult um, and then providing the information like hey, encourage your um, other representatives from your organization to attend these uh, events that we're ho- hosting with an um, EPCC. So that's a little difficult to communicate with the new organizational change that's going on. Yeah. But we also reach out to their um, advisor advisor so the one whoever is in charge of overseeing the whole organization so right now it's with dr shepherd Shepherd. Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. so arise stands for academic revival of indigenous studies and education and they've been at utep for quite a while now and there was somebody who was a really active member and she was the president of the organization and when i was at utep we worked closely together um in student government but I feel like ever since she left exactly what you saying the people there who have a really strong voice and are passionate advocate for them when they leave it's kind of hard to pick off on the advocacy if you don't have somebody as passionate so as Brendan mentioned that's something we're running into is just um that um communication that relationship with them but hopefully in the future we can um they can be a little bit more responsive mm-hmm. to our um to our and trying to get them involved with what we're doing. Yeah, w-
0: w- one thing that, you know, I'll give your department and your impact program kudos for is that you guys have several events throughout the entire year. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, um, you know, you're having these mixers where you've got college students mixing with high school students now. And um, hopefully that the those, I, I, I haven't been able to attend one of those events. Well, number one, because I'm not, I'm not a college student or, <laughs> you know, I mean, it'd be kind of creepy for me just to show up like, hey, I'm here for the mixer, guys. Like, you know, what school do you go to? I don't. I don't at all. So, but you um, know what would
2: be really cool that, that you mentioned that yeah. Chris is if we created like a mentorship program. Mm-hmm. Like even if you're not in school, like you were in school, you were the director of um Tribal Empowerment for a while. So maybe that's something Impact can do is look into like a mentorship program. Mm-hmm. So it's not creepy if you go. It's yeah. Like, hey, yeah. It's yeah. A no,
0: I mean <laughs> I've always wondered that like like you know you guys had your pancake social and I know I saw you guys are having your We actually have another Christmas sweater party coming yeah. up. Right? Yeah. yeah, we have a, another She plug.
1: Yeah. Excuse me, madam I'm talking. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, we have the late-night breakfast and game night for our higher education and seniors and juniors and high school students, December 11th, yeah. 10th. December 10th, which is a Tuesday. And then the following Tuesday, December 17th, we're hosting our Ugly Christmas Sweater Impact Party for the high school students 14 to 18.
0: Yeah, yeah so I think those are good networking opportunities because yeah. – um, yeah, like, Katharina, I didn't meet her until, like, later, you know what I mean? And, and um, I think, like, one of the whole university experience uh, um, that you have is is just meeting new people yeah. and, you know, like, sharing with them and that. And then, like, like you come to find out they're from your tribe, you know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, um, even better. So, like, maybe they're not, like, so shy with one another on campus and... Yeah. You know, hey, come with me to this arise meeting, and you know what I mean, and and you're kind of bringing in the the young young generation there. And then you guys have also done like just this outstanding job with your social medias, mm. like you know, Thank like, you. like yeah, me and um Councilman Gomez, um you know, and and I would say no relation, but there is a relation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, um. You know, he's my uncle, of course. Yeah. Well, was, shout
1: out to Councilman <laughs> Gomez. Yeah. Shout out. He showed up to every panel. He was a part of our planning meetings um so he was really awesome he's really awesome for our our program he's always there for us and everything
0: yeah and he shouts you out every time that he's on the podcast (laughs) yeah like here but we were talking about just how great your social media is like how it's it's um probably one of the best in Indian country so um first of all let's plug your Facebook page because um you know that one's awesome for the Department of Tribal Empowerment it's um Tribal Empowerment Department, right? No, or, I, I think know. it's
1: tribal Department of, department of, empowerment of Tribal Empowerment
0: on Facebook. Mm-hmm. so search them, um, smash that like button when you get there, you know, and then uh, give us your, your your both your your Instagram feeds.
1: So we have an impact once.
4: It's impact at ydsp. That right? Oh, underscore ydsp.
0: Impact at y- underscore, underscore YDSP. ydsp. So I want you guys. You already downloaded the podcast. Pick up your cell phone. Go go. Pick up your Instagram. And download that so that way uh, um a lot of the times that's where i find out about your activities and they look like so much fun so and, and then the empowerment actually has a instagram instagram page as well that i yeah. follow that's
1: correct and it's department or d-e-p-t underscore tribal underscore empowerment
0: yeah so go right now pick up your phone <laughs> right now go to the, yeah. the those um social networking sites share them screenshot them share share their feeds you know um uh, yeah, because I, I always come across people like, hey, I saw you do this. I'm like, yeah, really? Where was the like? <laughs> if you saw it, where was the, the little heart? You know, so yeah, um, you know, make sure you like their stuff, you know, because they, they put on awesome events and a lot of hard work goes into that, mm-hmm. guys. So um, um, we've asked this before. OK, so um, where do you guys see um indigenous activism going in, in the 21st century now? Like, wh- what is our role and how is social media going to change that and help us?
4: I think it gives, since it's through social media, it gives the youth more of an opportunity to have a say, or they have more of a say because they're the ones that are using sh- social media. Um, so it just gives them that opportunity to become more involved in spreading that awareness mm-hmm. and spreading their ideas as well. And
2: Kat and I went to a training um, in October, and somebody that was saying, somebody that was presenting, basically said, you know. This generation is very vocal and... Um, they more open to change. Yeah, and more open to to just calling things out like it is. Mm-hmm. So exactly what Kat was saying, I think when we have a generation of students who are youth who don't feel scared to say something, especially indigenous youth, mm-hmm. I can totally see activism um, taking off more than a, what it already is. And then reaching hopefully older people or people of other generations, especially with things like Twitter, Instagram, mm-hmm. I don't really know who uses snapchat so much anymore but or facebook, or facebook. but those those spaces but go like our messenger feature on facebook I use messenger. Yeah, yeah like
0: on on a daily almost more than more so than facebook so that's one thing yeah, yeah
2: but it's just there's a lot of different networks that um youth can connect through which is awesome and spreads the word
0: yeah so we're connected more than ever before but at the same time too it's a double-edged sword because there's more like out there for us to compete with. So, you know, how do you make those stories more, um, I, I guess, um, you don't want to do clickbait or anything mm-hmm. like that, but like, you know, you, you, you want to stand out to and all the minutia that is yeah. social media.
3: That's
4: why we use Canva
3: to make our flyers.
0: Canva. <laughs> they're, they're very nice.
3: I, on the other hand, don't have any social <laughs> media. I've, I don't think I've ever had um, any of it. But I do see that, um, even though I've resisted it um, for so long, I do see that this generation um, has been able to express their voice and their frustration um, through through this medium, you know. And now we get to know what's going on in the Deep South when before it was, um, you know, word of mouth or mm-hmm. even up north. in the entire Americas so now we're able to... To find out what is going on, and, and I think that that struggle, that collective struggle of the original people of the Americas is kind of uniting them, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's it's uniting everybody. And um, that prophecy, too, you know, the prophecy of that one day we're all going to wake up and that and that giant's going to wake up and it's going to rise. I think that it's happening now, you know, you see it in Canada, you see it and. um in uh, Bolivia, and Chile, um, you see it in Mexico, all these indigenous youth, these children are so angry. You know, they're that generation that wants that change and, mm-hmm. and is very vocal at, at such a young age, you know. Um, just by, by having that connection to the land and the surroundings and seeing, they're, they're now speaking on it. And I think that that's really beautiful. And, and it's, it's the, the start of this union, this, this greater union.
0: So, what would you guys say? And I mean, there's no right or wrong answer for this. Um, is is the next um, issue like facing n- Indigenous people, like in general? Like, what would you say is our next fight? What's our next battle? What's our next frontier? Man, it got real quiet in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, know, like, just for me personally, I just feel like the environment's under attack right now. You know what I mean? And and we're such like a consumption based. Um, society that um, just just for sacred sites and just things of that nature, like, yeah. you know, the Waco, Waco tanks or Bears Ears and, and um, those kind of places, they're just under attack right now. And, um, you know, they, they they just move closer to being uh, more and more exploited for their resources, you know, in the name of profits and that. So I, I, I can see that as one of the things Doing that and then, you know, like what you're seeing in uh, in the Dakotas with the pipelines Mm -hmm. and everything there. And that's still going on. Like, Mm -hmm. see, it's lost some steam, like in the mainstream media. But that fight still Mm -hmm. rages on. There's still people on those front lines. And it's it's funny just how, like, things just get lost in in the shuffle there. Mm -hmm. You know, like, what what are some issues that you guys are thinking about right now?
3: I think... um there's just so much that needs to be fixed now, you know. Um, little by little, it, it's it's they're slowly uh, emerging, and you know we do have to recognize the people that have been fighting all these years before any of this was in social media, before social media even was out there. You know, um, there's been always people um, in the front line fighting for for um, for this justice and. Um, in, in these communities, in particular, but I think that um, we're getting stronger uh, as a people. I think that now um, that we need to maintain that connection to the land. You know, we see a lot of Indigenous folks now, which is good, going into institutions of higher education. Mm-hmm. But then what happens is that you know they're stripped from their identity and they're trained to to work in these spaces that. Where their community doesn't belong, or mm-hmm. when they don't they don't understand this indigenous knowledge, and I think that now it's coming into the institutions. Right, is is maintaining that, um, keeping our youth uh, woke, keeping them resilient, um, and and for them to continue fighting within the institutions. You know, they don't have to limit themselves, mm-hmm. but. To keep that balance um, and uh, and preserving their identity and going back to their communities, you know that's why I admire you guys so much. Um, a lot of you, you guys, you guys have stayed in your community. You know, you guys are fighting for your youth now here um, at at the pueblo, and that's that's admirable. Uh, you rarely see that in Mexico, you know, um, or in other places of Latino America. You have indigenous kids that go and and leave their communities. Um, you know, because of migration or because of anything, uh, capitalism, invasion, um, people taking lands, and they they take off, they go to the universities, they get their degrees, and then they're stripped from their identity. They never want to come back to their communities, you know? And all the sacrifice that their parents leave um, or give them so that they can go to the university and then they don't even give something back, Um, you know, it's very unfortunate and sad to see So I think that now that that new generation that is coming into the institutions, um, they need to be able to preserve that identity and uh, we need more of our people occupying these institutions. Those that haven't um, sold out, you know, those that have maintained their their identity and um, can help the youth maneuver through that institution because it's difficult to get out, you know, I mean, It's really easy to kind of get in and and stabilize yourself, but to get out and and have our youth graduate, it's difficult because it's an institution that was not made for our people, you know? It It wasn't targeted for us. We were never supposed to be in there, and now we're invading it, now we're occupying it, so how do we preserve us, you know? That
4: actually made me remember one of our guests that went to our the end of the celebration um, on the 20th, Saul, he was saying something really powerful. And I remember Stephanie, she she mentioned it as well, that it really stuck with her. But he said that people who forget who they are will be forgotten forever. Mm. And I just think it's it's something that we have to keep in mind that as we're going into these universities, we still have to keep a part of who we are and remember why we're doing it, why we're there in the first place, um, what that education will mean to our community. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, definitely. Like, like it, it's just one of those things that, you know, y- you need to take that education and, and layer it on top of what you already are. It's just mm-hmm. another layer to, you know, your being and uh, um, that. And. Um, you know, you get you gotta understand that you want you want people to look up to you in your community and not resent you for it. Mm. You know, and and just by staying true to your culture and your traditions and being humble to you know um, the leaders and and you know like like uh, whether it's um, elders or whether it's elected officials and I, I mean you just have to um, keep the sense of humility about you. You know what I mean? Like and and they'll they'll recognize your accomplishments and. What you're able to, to, to do on your own you don't need to like state them mm. you know on uh, um, there they're out there and just be a genuine person and mm-hmm. you know be who you are who you were before you walked in there mm. i think is just the, the ultimate answer and now now yes. you're 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 just um you know armed now <laughs> you know you went there it's it's almost like taking a uh, concealed handgun <laughs> course <laughs> or something but you're armed with more <laughs> knowledge and more more, more understanding like so i was saying of how institutions operate oh. and you know, you can do, do more damage to the system from within it than, you know, <laughs> throwing rocks on it from the yes. outside. So, <laughs> you know, if, if you become a professional in one of these said institutions there, you can make more positive change um, um, within there and, and, you know, trickle that down. Like, you know, I had this experience as a youth coming up through this institution and now, you know, I've, I've got a position, a decision-making position in there and how am I going to use that you know am i gonna clock out at five and forget about who i am mm-hmm. or you know am i gonna you know yeah. um bring that with me so yeah it's just you know re- really I, I mean we live at a time where um you can be who you are and mm-hmm. you know it's not going to get looked down on a, as much as it once was and mm-hmm. you know you have mm-hmm. platforms now that you know like uh, um all the a- activists of the past they didn't have these platforms you know they they had to take care take advantage yes. of whatever platform you know was was out there and and you know make their voices be heard and it, it, it it's easier than ever but you know i mean like i say like it's more distracting than ever so. yes
3: it is it's so distracting and um and you know i think that that that's another thing too that we can't forget is that fight right that our um ancestors did or had even if you think of us Close as the '60s or '50s, you know, um, their fight for us to even uh, be able to go in, go into an institution of higher education, you know, as uh, people of color, it was uh, it was difficult, you know. And um, but I think that that there there's something missing there too, you know, is to have that balance. Like yes, social media, but also you know I, I sometimes feel and and maybe I'm talking because I'm I'm an outsider to social media I just see it from the outside mm-hmm. that you know sometimes it's just uh, people expressing themselves but when it comes to actions there there's a lack of it and I don't know maybe the girls can um, will disagree but um, you know, I think that there also needs to be that balance of action and and um, you know have that presence mm-hmm. and be able to you know um, walk what you what you talk no or what mm-hmm. you type
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> or what you hashtag, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But
0: yeah, no, most definitely. So, um, w- w- what do you see for next next go around with? Um, are, are these discussions that w- that you're having going going to be something that? Happens annually now, or you think they'll happen throughout the year? Where, where do you see th- this the going?
1: So our goal is to at least still host in People Indigenous Month next year um, with El Paso Community College mm-hmm. uh, Inclusion and Diversity Program. We also have partnered with Student Campus Life to host the Native American Celebration, mm-hmm. um, which ended November 20th. But our goal is to also have different days throughout um, the semesters, not just one entire month, but uh, different days throughout the semesters, to be able to bring more representation onto campus, so that it won't just be necessarily for Native American Heritage Month or People Indigenous Day. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to host more events. Um, I know March fifth is Indigenous, oh no, Murdered March. and Missing Indigenous Women's Day. Or I think
2: it's just Indigenous
1: Women's Day. No, that's March 8th, no? B- uh, March 8th is Women's Day, so we we were already talking. We weren't even completely finished with our Indigenous Peoples Month when we started talking about Women's Day or um, International Women's
3: Day, March 8th. And Kat wanted to have an entire month. Kat <laughs> did want to yeah. have an entire month. But like, no, you're out of control. No, I, I, I mean,
0: you get into... Um, <laughs> oppressed populations within oppressed populations so i mean like that's a whole other pandora's box that we could spend another hour episode Mm, on talking about so you know i mean the the oppression of the oppressed Mm -hmm. you know by the oppressed yeah Yeah. we've learned the oppression of the
1: oppressed by the (laughs) oppressed yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's all we've heard this month (laughs) yeah Yeah.
3: Yeah. and how do you not become it right yeah usually you have this um Population of folks that are now um, have these titles that were oppressed, but now they're they're wearing the suit of the oppressor. So how do you break that, right? How do you, um, I guess, create or help youth not do that and break those that cycle of mm-hmm. now the oppressed is becoming the oppressor. Yeah. So that's uh, crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I mean,
0: I, I think it's it's. I I mean, just looking at it from you know bird's eye view and, and everything. You, you um kind of um you know you're, you're a product of your environment and if you grew up oppressed like it's almost like difficult because mm-hmm. that's what you know like yeah. you're you're you you grow yeah. up and you just you keep that cycle going so like you said it's a whole like cyclical thing that you need to mm-hmm. be able to break but um you know um just uh, um women in general like uh, indigenous women are, are you know some of the like like biggest victims in the history yeah, like on yes. the on the total pull of suffering like they're mm they're really yeah. high up there you know i mean and mm-hmm. still to this day and i mean you you have um just uh, um things with um non-native men and not being able to enforce protective orders on them and yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, you know just uh, the, the, these whole other issues there i mean there's there's just so many issues um from um you know just social ills that come in like we have a beautiful community and a beautiful culture yeah. and i mean like a beautiful reservation and it's well taken care of in that but, like, you know, within those walls, there's the social ills that just haunt us and continue to haunt us. You know, like like mm-hmm. I'm talking about the suicides and the substance abuse. And, yeah. you know, I think mm-hmm. as, as a tribe, we, we, we do our best to, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, um, address, uh, address these ills and everything. But, I mean, like, like it's just going to be a challenge that's generational. And, you know, the more people that mm-hmm. we can put into those positions, like, you know, where their they're decision making kind of helps because they understand where the culture comes from and everything. So the more indigenous um, workers like we have, like you guys mm-hmm. that, you know, deal within the foster care system or, you know, as social workers or, you know, as even physicians, like, you know, I, I think um, that's an important step, you know, for kind of kind of healing the wrongs of the past and moving forward and, you know, getting getting to like this vision of where we want to be you know as mm. you know, i i me personally i don't want to be like a race that's just like um pitied all the time mm. and oh you know yes. what i mean like yes. i want to be an empowered race and of mm. people and you know that that you know you're looked you're looked on looked at by your 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 peers and other races and i'm uh, um, just in humanity in general as you know having competence and having um you know uh, um you know e- even being somebody that, that produces best practices that work in yes. other communities. so mm-hmm. um, getting there, you know I mean just reverse engineering that or however you do it you know is, is just a difficult part and it gets it gets tiring and you know mm-hmm. like like people tap out but I mean it, it's something that just needs to move on. so
3: yeah, and it's it's as simple as um, you know even the word minority um, you know stop labeling us that way. And uh, because we're not a minority, you know, we're the majority. And I think that just that simple word of just switching it and just kind of, you know, beginning to to flip that vocabulary into mm-hmm. positive, because if, if our youth listen to that, oh, well, then they're gonna say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm a minority, you know, and, and this and this, and I follow, follow under these um, statistics. And, you know, and I think it's just as simple as just changing that, um, changing that vocabulary and it's every day, you know, and and it's Mm -hmm. empowering ourselves every day and being comfortable with who we are and, you know, and, and accepting that, that we come from beauty, we come from, you know, rebellion, we come from good, good medicine, from ancient medicine knowledge that and now is the time that it needs to be acknowledged and that um, there has to be spaces where the youth, um, and it also goes to public schools you know that lack of education of of our people and 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 accepting and that our youth have carry so much knowledge you know and um, Oftentimes, there's this top-down uh, mentality with our teachers, you know, um, even though uh, it, it's not their fault, you know, it's it's the system, but, you know, oftentimes we think that we're the ones that, oh, we're going to educate the youth, you know, or we hold the knowledge and the youth are the ones that are just taking it all in, and it's it's not like that, you know. The youth also come in with, uh, with knowledge, and um, that's something that, that needs to be acknowledged within the public schools that our youth have, have that ability.
1: And something to add to that is um, one of our panelists, the youth panelist, mentioned going into, or being in the local public school system, she remembers having Tigua Day at, in the elementary system, in the middle school, and then going into high school, she was in a blended community with all the youth from around the El Paso or Socorro area. Mm-hmm. Um, and something she also mentioned is or not that she I don't I can't remember she mentioned it, but I know she talks with me a lot she is my niece, Emery. Uh, she's always talking about how her teacher discussed mm-hmm. this or her teacher discussed that and how she corrects the problem mm-hmm. as far as talking about Native Americans. And so when she corrects the problem or corrects the information, her teacher looks at her and says, well, you don't look native or students will, right away criticize you don't look native how do you know this or how are you learning this and stuff like that so it's also um, the judgment that the students are getting like if you're trying to correct or give the information so that you're aware of the proper information it's the educators also coming in being judgmental about how the person looks and how Some but I guess stereotyping Mm -hmm. and how one person is supposed to look Native American. Mm -hmm.
2: And it's sad because it's not just at like the secondary education level, it happens in the college level too. Mm -hmm. We've encountered some issues with university administrators or faculty that kind of not even kinda lack the knowledge of the community here of Isata de pueblo, but also just aren't very well informed. And I I mean, they rely off a textbook, but not everything that's covered in our culture is in a textbook. Um, and it's just like Brendan was saying—that arrogance.
3: And you have this, uh, like, this movement, right? Of um, a lot of our brothers and sisters migrating um, to the north um, from South America, Central America, Mexico, and uh, they're coming through El Paso, you know. And a lot of these folks are are indigenous. So guess what? When they come here, they're going to be automatically. Um, place into that melting pot of this word Hispanic mm-hmm. that was given to us by the government, you know, and where is their identity? It's not only are they leaving their lands, um, not only are they leaving their their people, but they're also leaving their, um, you know, their their identity, and and now they have to be placed in this, you know, so. How do we create that space um, where we begin to, to talk about these issues? And and I think that, you know, with uh, with this month, Impact did such an amazing job at opening up those doors for um, indigenous uh, peoples that live in the borderland um, to come share their experience of migration. And also, you know, even as close as my community, I think that that was really beautiful. I mean even some of the the programs were like, oh, yeah, we had uh, Hispanic Heritage Mm -hmm. Month, and they all looked at me like, oh, no, don't tell her that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because I I don't think uh, I've been forced uh, to identify as that, but that hasn't been my identity, and I think Mm -hmm. that this really opened up the door for us. I mean, all my people that came in um, to collaborate with, with the Pueblo were very happy and, um, you know, it was very emotional and um, a lot came out and a lot of healing happened, you know, within these panels um, for our people in particular. I is
1: very right. There was a lot of emotions going on while planning the panels <laughs> and discussing <laughs> during, the panel. during the panels. There was a lot of emotions, um, a lot of healing happened yes. throughout the panels and yeah. throughout the whole month. So it brought us closer together as individuals and as a group.
2: And it was important, too, because um, I'm very grateful for Sarai. um, And this is something I said at the celebration. I think as Native Americans, we focus within our own community and also with our nation. But it's also important to recognize Indigenous peoples as a whole globally. And I think that's definitely something Sarai brought to the table when it came to planning this month. Um, We recognize uh, um, November as Native American Heritage Month, but it was a shift on Indigenous Peoples Month. And, you know, recognizing our brothers and sisters, what they're going through in Bolivia, Mm -hmm. um, what they might be going through, like Sarai was saying, in South America, Central America. So it's just important that we stand as one and not separated by, oh, I'm from the United States Mm -hmm. and I'm or your first peoples of the nation and we're from the United States and all of that. So that was it was something really great to have Sarai Mm -hmm. be a pioneer in this and really educate us on indigenous peoples as a whole.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, because, I mean, borders are something that we didn't, you know, mm-hmm. create or, mm-hmm. yeah. And I mean, colonization is something that happened globally. Mm-hmm. You know, it still happens to this day, you know, mm-hmm. like there's um, genocides and everything there. So, I, I mean, um, you know, like, like we don't want to be a conquesting um, population. You mm-hmm. know, we do want to thrive, though, in the space that we have. And, you know, I think that's the ultimate goal and to yeah. maintain our homelands and our way of life and everything. So um, this has been a real eye-opening um, discussion that we've had here. You know, it's only fitting that we close off Indigenous Peoples Month with, with uh, you guys coming. In no, the,
2: not yet. We <laughs> <right>? yeah. <laughs> yeah. still so have more stuff to yeah, say. yeah, go keep going, keep going. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding.
0: Yeah. No, no. I mean, you got more to say. So, um, yeah. So, okay, the panels are over. So what's the next step?
2: Sorry, really quick. I just want to say something about the panels. Um, I think it was a very humbling experience for all of us. I know that when it comes to, I don't like using the word outsiders, but people we have migrating from California who are from our Pueblo and are just barely going to enroll, or if we have people who lived on the reservation for a while but came back in later, I think it was eye-opening to realize that everybody has their different journey and that sometimes people not being able to come back to the community until they're much older isn't something that was at their hands. It was at their hands of their family and... um, you know them leaving for their own reasons so it's really humbling to acknowledge that you need to welcome your own people um even if they left um and it wasn't on their accord or um sorry cat don't, don't mean make to... me cry <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was just something i learned a lot from my my peer and also my sister Kat. and i just think that's a lesson that should go for all over our pueblo community to welcome everyone with open arms and not judge them um, if they're barely coming back to the community years later because everybody has their own story. And as indigenous people, we all need to stand as one and not separation because of blood quantum or because who's your family or will have you danced or what do you do for the community or why are you coming back now? Mm. So it was very eye-opening in that aspect as well.
0: Yes. Yeah, no, most definitely. Yeah, I, I, I mean, um, you know, we we I read you guys the numbers and I mean like what they were and, you know, less than... That's not a percentage, and if we have that kind of division from within, you know what I mean? Like, like it, we, we've got, we, we taken en- uh, enough from the outside, you know, um, yeah. uh, you know, we were attacked, you know, basically, like, you know, a matriarch of our, our community was attacked, you know, your, your ancestor, you know, a, a monument that we put up honoring her, like, you, you know, it's been, like, three years and everything, and I mean, that shows you the mm. kind of, like, just hatred and disrespect and everything, and, you know, like, what goes around comes around, and it's going to mm-hmm. come around. At Mm -hmm. some point but i mean we don't need to be doing that to each other that's for sure you know there's plenty of hate on the outside you know just just it comes in different forms and everything but you know the last thing that we need to do is do that to each other and if if you have um somebody that doesn't know i think you have a responsibility as a citizen of our tribe to teach them you know i mean To, to um correct them and do it in a respectful manner and you know, um, bring them into the fold because you don't know what kind of life circumstances were out there for some mm-hmm. people. There's people that were in foster care yeah. their mm-hmm. entire life, you know, and and, um, you know, through no fault of their own, you know, they don't have that, that connection. And yeah. um, without knowing the person, like, you can't know. And that's a- anything. You can't assume the other way, too. Like, yeah. maybe somebody that comes from a, a family that's established here and you know, I mean, they, they grew up going to peace days and that you, you still don't know what their experience is like and you know what what went in the walls on their home so i I mean just you know um understanding that the culture and and um, e- everything doesn't belong to one person it's something that we all all own and we all have a part in not just um passing down but contributing to going yeah. forward you know so um yeah that's that's my soap soapbox there <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that no that's an excellent point though uh, um you know and and this is a month of unity and everything, so you know that that should be said. Yeah, mm-hmm. so
4: I just want to quickly go back to what Stephanie was saying, but from the other point of view, um, I'm just really grateful coming from outside of the reservation that these ladies here op- welcomed me with open arms and really let me know that I'm accepted, I'm acknowledged, and my story means something.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's awesome, guys yeah so follow their their no, example guys yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah there's a kleenex so, box to your <laughs> to your uh, left <laughs> there
1: something yeah. to add um chris is every panel that we hosted throughout the month of people indigenous month was posted on our or was we went live on our facebook department of tribal empowerment we did go live and um we do have them sh- uh, saved on the profile, so if you want to go back and look at each panel, um, listen to it, that'd be great. Get some, we get some views on it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, you
1: can get informed on the panels that we ho- we did host at the Indigenous Peoples Month. Um, on our Facebook page, on yeah, the and, of and you don't Department. have
0: to be a, a a subscriber to that. Yeah, you, yes, you that don't. That awesome. Yeah. But we went yeah. yeah. like some likes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Something else is I do want to thank everybody who participated in our panels. I know it was sometimes very stressing mm-hmm. to try to get out of work or try to find the time to participate. But we do want to thank everybody yeah. who participated in our panels, who was a part of our. Final celebration. I know the Cultural Center was a big part or Department of yes. culture Preservation was a big part yeah. with having um, the giant museum panels that they loan us mm-hmm. to set up for the November 20th event. Also to the artists who provided some artwork during our traveling exhibit. So we did start at uh, in the Northwest Campus mm-hmm. and we started an exhibit there We try, and it was called the Traveling Exhibit because each time we hosted a new panel in each of the locations we would move the panel for a, or the exhibit for a whole week mm-hmm. into um
3: the new location where we would be hosting it so that's we want to thank them yes which is um sam uh maria ibarra uh, ello uh ome tlalol um and uh benny from the pueblo that what? did an amazing mm-hmm. job um you know sharing their art also uh Calpul- councilman gomez for the pottery yes.
1: Um, and okay. for some of the sashes that he loaned us the why
3: hey Tlalteca, Celia Aguilar um, Mary Sue um, uh, Nancy isa Claudia um, who else were uh, Pat Pat Riggs yes. um, Lucia Carmona from Raices there's actually um, a shout out to them there's a elementary school an indigenous elementary school opening up in um, in Las Cruces and uh, The coordinator came and she shared some beautiful songs with us. And, um, you know, she also invited the Pueblo to come to to Chinachli. That's the name of the school, which is uh, Raices. And um, who else was was there?
1: Um,
3: Saul, who's Raramuri.
2: That's somebody that Kat mentioned earlier today. Um, His other friend, or I'm sorry, Benny's friend, Daniel Serra um he was great as well and he showed up maria padilla um al Al woody Woody. who was at the winter market a couple of weeks ago um there's a lot of indigenous artists who participated in the
1: markets so yeah something we didn't add is the final celebration Mm -hmm. artists from or indigenous artists from around the el paso area were able to display their art or their crafts um their jewelry And they were able to sell for free at EPCC. So that's something we did fight for Mm -hmm. was to host that market and have that space available for our artists artists for free. Mm -hmm. So they were able to set up um, that day, November 20th.
3: Crystal Moran,
1: um, Dr. (sighs) Selfa Chu.
3: um, I'm trying to think of everybody. Shout out to Brave. (laughs) The after school program. (laughs) Chantal John, who is uh,
2: Miss Native American NMSU. Um, Kayla Myers, yes. also our youth as well. Um, Annika yeah. Quiteres and Emery Rodriguez were sitting on the Indigenous Youth Voices, our last panel. Um, Sergio as well. We were able, so aside from EPCC, we've also been able to collaborate with UTEP. Um, and that's hopefully something, hopefully UTEP can model what we did with EPCC and take that on their campus. And with Mr. Sergio Loera as well, um, he works for the El Paso Juvenile Detention Center and we were able to have kind of like a cultural competency training mm-hmm. um, where we brought in the um, the little kiddos from the pre-K to dance. Um, and it was just, it was a great event. I'm not sure if anybody wants to elaborate more on it.
4: We also had a, a panel there as well. Oh, um, yes. It was similar to the, it was called Walking in Two Worlds, but the questions were different. Um, instead of the viewpoint from an education setting, it was from a caretaker setting where they're working with our youth. Um, so we we did have that panel and said i was one of the panelists yeah. as well so is Brenda. so shout out to brinda Sarai, yes.
2: um nancy hisa and leah lopez for participating uh, yes, in right. that one and then for the panel that we had at the Indigenous People Celebration. Again, it was Brenda who participated, um, <laughs> Councilman Gomez, Gomez Mary math and Nancy We Hissa.
3: recycled our own. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Stephanie yeah. did how many? <laughs> I think I? like two. Yeah. <laughs> I, and then I resisted until finally right. I said nope. yes. <laughs> so if we
2: have any Pueblo members out there or Indigenous peoples listening who would love to be a part of like a panel discussion, um, please let us know. Or if you want to recommend program. somebody. <laughs> yeah, or Chris, if you have any recommendations of people that you would love to hear Chris. from. Chris, yourself, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: but
0: yeah, I'm I'm actually very shy.
2: Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Yeah.
0: Okay, guys, so um, anything else you guys want to uh, um, touch on, plug?
2: Don't forget about our game night slash late yes. night December 10th at around 6.30 p.m. 6.30 p.m. And then our ugly Christmas sweater party uh, on December 17th at, at 6 p.m. as well.
0: Okay, so for more information on those events, contact the Tribal Empowerment Department yes. at 915 872 8648. Okay, those will be ha- happening at the Hom Complex, yes. 11200 Santos Sanchez 79927. Yes. Okay, guys, and make sure you guys follow them on their social medias. Okay, that's uh,
4: all the flyers will be there.
0: Yeah, everything. You'll get the latest updates there. Um, that's going to do it for this. Um, once again, happy Indigenous Peoples Month to all of you guys. Um, be safe out there. And remember that if you want to hear this episode in its entirety, maybe you, you're tuning in late, you can do so by downloading the Daily Cornmill wherever you get your podcast. So that's available on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on um, Spotify, on ba- basically all of the um, podcasts um, out there. Just search the Daily Corn Mill, subscribe, hit that like button, and leave us a uh Good review, bad review. Maybe I mm-hmm. guess you want to see good. in the <laughs> <comments>. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, do that. And um you've been listening to the Daily Corn here on K U E H Q at one oh one point five FM you slow sir.